From in the beginning to the musical apocalypse, this is The Bible Says What. I'm your host, Mike Wiseman. Michael Jackson used my bathroom. Years ago, I was having a yard sale and this limo pulled up. Michael Jackson rushes out of the back. Dancing in agony, he hops and sways over to me and says, Wee-hoo, I gotta pee. May I use your toilet? So I let him. I have zero evidence of this occurring. No photos, no autographs, and no one else there saw him. Is this a true story? Should you believe it? Without any evidence of its truth, without me being able to verify that it wasn't just my mind playing tricks on me, or that I wasn't just daydreaming, why would I spread it as truth? Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Without evidence of a truth, it is disingenuous to assert it as so. Let's start the show. Is there anything in the Bible that you yourself have an issue with? <laughs> Okay, so it took you reading the Bible to realize that those things were bad for you? Yeah, it actually did. I, I didn't figure this out on your own? No, Ted, Ted Bundy could be redeemed. God doesn't kill children. Does, what do you think the Passover was? Yahweh sets up a whole system in the Old Testament where you slaughter animals just so he's able to forgive you. Today's special guest is author and educator, Dr. Marnie Hill Fodorero. Welcome to the show, Marnie. Oh, hey, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking the time. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? You know, I am an author now. Um... I live in the Caribbean after a lifetime in the Chicago suburbs where I was a high school special education teacher for 35 years, uh, 12 of those years, a university graduate school adjunct professor. Wow. Uh, but I'm, I'm writing a lot of books and I'm, I'm healing and I'm doing a lot of contemplating, but I'm out enjoying God's beautiful earth here in the Caribbean. Wow, I bet you it's nice over there. What's the temperature like today? Uh, perfect yeah perfect just all the time yeah, well yesterday <laughs> it was perfect and you know tomorrow it'll be perfect oh man makes yeah. me sick thanks marty yeah <laughs> we get we get storms though we get storms oh, and i bet it's beautiful you know, yeah it is it's That's it's amazing oh man yeah you know i actually you know i spent a lifetime in the chicago suburbs hmm. and i know you're out of las vegas and i've been there many times hmm. Um, I can find beauty wherever I am because mm. I think there is beauty wherever true. you are landed. So very true. But yeah. depends on if your beauty is surrounded by hot, hot heat or you know, yeah, perfect yeah. weather. I mean, there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, love it. Awesome. So you have a story. You you were an atheist and now yeah. are no longer an atheist. Tell us a little bit about that, because that's definitely what I want to tackle and start with here. Yeah, sure. You know, I grew up. Uh, without any exposure to organized religion or spirituality. Hmm. And so um, my father is an, a, a devout atheist. Um, as a philosophy professor, he's even written books on religion. Uh, but, you know, definitely instilled the value that there was nothing to living and dying except you live and die and there's hmm. no no higher power. So 
Um, of course, that's all I knew. Um, I had a couple little experiences as a kid. You know, I went to church with a friend one time and was basically told, sit up, sit down, you know, walk <laughs> here, do this, do that, you know. So I really didn't, you know, get any kind of in-depth, you know, exposure to this. Hmm. It was more just like, you know, come with me to church and just follow, follow what I do. Hmm. Um I remember one experience when I was younger going to a Quaker service, oh. um, but I really think it was a babysitting situation where I was dropped off to just be kind of watched for a, a <laughs> while. Um, I don't remember much about that except for sitting in kind of a large great room mm. uh, and I wasn't allowed to talk. Wow. To and so that was that experience. And then when I was around 10 years old, our family moved to Athens, Greece. Um, my dad, you know, taught a program abroad there and um, and wrote some books or whatever. And um, we did go to Greek school and part of Greek school on Saturdays was to go to the Greek Orthodox Church. And so I did that for a year. And of course, didn't quite understand, you know, I, the language was different, but I eventually learned Greek. Huh. Um, I remember the smells. I mean, I know this is really different, but I know they burned frankincense or huh. something. Um, and I remember getting like earning, I guess, like little charms, um, little sacrament type kind of, you know, um, I just called them charms. They told yeah. me they were charms. Huh. Um, but, you know, I really, again, think it was more just like, okay, when in Greece, you know, do like the Greeks, just do what <laughs> you do. And there was no real in-depth to it. So my that was my early experience. Um, I believe my mother was raised in the church, but she never really influenced us. It was more kind of my dad's non-belief that influenced our family hmm. and then but I always even from a little kid I always felt there was something more hmm. and um you know hmm. just didn't really pursue it until I was around a sophomore in college when I started attending a Presbyterian church and I really loved the fellowship and the hmm. connection and the community and and the messages and so much so that I decided to get baptized, even though I had no support from my family, they could care less. Yeah. I I knew that was what I wanted to do. And mm. I did that. And then later on in my life, mm. when I was married and started a family, my um, now ex-husband was Catholic, even though um, I think he had a, a big foundation in Catholicism. Um, but, you know, I didn't necessarily witness, you know, real involvement, you know, hmm. any kind of a deeper connection. But I went through an RCIA program and became Catholic. It was about okay. a year long program. Absolutely loved the program. I'm a lifelong learner. I loved reading the Bible. I oh. loved talking about, you know, all these things that I really believed were real, but I didn't have any other kind of community to talk with about it. Uh -huh. And I actually became a lector for about six years where I would actually read the Bible. I would just go to church by myself. My children would come sometimes. 
Uh, but I knew that I wanted them to talk about God in their life. So from an early age, like from kindergarten through eighth grade, I had both of my children in the um, uh, Catholic school system. So mm. I did have them, um, you know, in a place where they could talk about God if they wanted to talk about God. And so, uh -huh. um, and I remember one of the big catalysts for even doing that because we had a very good public school system but when one of my children at a really 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 young age said to me you know mom the stars on this you know the stars in the sky i think are god watching over everyone huh. and i'm like where did he get that from because that was before we had talked about anything he was so young and that was actually one of the catalysts that was like, I, I need to, I need to expose my children to God, which, well, I, which I did. Well, that, that, so that, that brings up a whole journey. other thing. That's a yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's my journey. That's my journey. And mm. uh, I will say right now, I'm, I'm not involved in organized religion. I'm more spiritual because of the spiritual experiences yeah. I had when I believe I God came yeah. to my garage sale. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you, I, I make connections all the time. I just had an amazing connection um, with a religious leader just yesterday that, you know, just a, a brief encounter, but it was pretty profound. So, you know, I'm, I'm, that's my journey. So that's kind of where my background is. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, Lots of questions. Uh, first off, what what was it? Well, it's easy question. What was it that convinced you that this was uh, correct? Was it the did God actually show up at your garage sale? Well, I, I believe so. I mean, but actually, my leaning towards God and believing there is a God happened way before the garage sale. But at the garage sale, uh -huh. um, I had made the decision to to escape my 27 year marriage. Um, I knew it was abusive. I knew that my values of honesty, love and goodness and family, they were not the same values of who I was married to. And it took me almost three decades for my light bulb to go on a defining moment that just said, I, I can't do this anymore. I know there'll be repercussions. I mean, I had no idea how significant and how negative the repercussions would be, mm. but I, I was following my gut intuition, you know, um, to, to just, I knew I needed to leave that. And so in a, in a state that really could have been negative when I had the garage sale, mm. I could have been sad, angry, revengeful, or, or some other feelings that really are not kind of who I am. Liberated. I was, I was filled with love. I was filled with gratitude. Mm. I looked at that home. I looked back at my home and I, I thought instead of what I'm losing and this and that, I just said, wow, I was so blessed to be able to raise my children in this beautiful home in this beautiful neighborhood. So I had this garage sale and throughout the garage sale, I was always in a deep state of reflection, you know, and gratitude, thankfulness. And some spiritual miracles happened, which I believe, you know, I was touched by God. I, I I questioned throughout that garage sale. And then 
and then, you know, many, many times afterwards, when other, when I was kind of like almost prime, almost open for more awakening experiences to happen, I kept on asking, did God come to my garage sale? Was that person God? Was this situation God? Am I God? I mean, I just, I, so many things were so. Well, let's back wonderful. up. Hold on. Hold on. I understand. I know, it, it gets so exciting <laughs> when I think about it, you know? So let's, let's, let's dive into that. The, the positive, you're positive through a negative. You stayed positive yes. through a negative. Yes. yes. That just always look on the bright side of life. Monty Python. I think pretty that's much. great. Yeah, pretty right? much. So we can glass, use that glass, same exact thing. We, yeah, exactly. We can use Monty Python, blah, blah, blah. But how do you get from you had a positive feeling through a negative experience to this is God? Why can't it just be you using the power of yourself to think positive thoughts and continue with that throughout the day? I don't understand why the God, where the God part comes in. Well, I'll tell you because the experiences were otherworldly. They were Such not. As. Okay, like, give me give me your best one. Let's get score the best one right off the. Well, we in my book, God came to my garage sale. I even though it's a spiritual fiction, it's all inspired by the true events that happened on or around the garage sale mostly to me i don't want the fictional part i want the real part what what happened it all was real oh, it okay. all was real <laughs> i just the, the fictional part is changing some names and places gotcha gotcha no 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 everything i write about the experiences were inspired by true events the, the names of the innocent have been changed to protect blah 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 yeah blah. yeah yeah definitely <laughs> so the biggest experience and one of the first experiences i was at the cul-de-sac looking back at my home in the state of gratitude hmm. when all of a sudden a dragonfly circled me hmm. and then there were like five and i thought that's pretty cool didn't think too much of it within minutes there were 50 and to what I believe a hundred dragonflies circling me uh -huh. and everything was in slow motion. Uh -huh. It was like the air was clear jello. Okay. And it wasn't like I was scared. It wasn't like I was um, in awe. It was, it was just, I was just there experiencing this and I could see the dragonflies, you know, fly down the block. And then I saw them come back around and circle me. And like I said, it was all in slow motion so much so I could see the veins of the wings. I could see the iridescent colors. There were many different sizes, which I equated my feeling, my knowing were, were that they were people. So that they were babies and toddlers and teenagers and young adults and, and grandparents all surrounding me with a feeling that I was loved and that even though I was making a very tough decision, that I was making the best decision for my own safety, for my own well-being, you know, for role modeling for my adult children that, you know, you need to honor yourself enough to, to be treated in a good way. Absolutely. I, well, we can I both agree that. on that, right? Right off the bat. You know, yeah. that's, that's a, that's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, what is it? Rational, logical. It's a logical thing, right? You know, if you're, if you're sure. great job escaping that, man, that is awesome. There's not many women that can. Um, so right. great job. Well, yes. it, but, it goes on. I, mean, I filed for a divorce over, you know, in 2013 and, and my abuser still taking me to court, you know, yeah, it it's sucks, man. Money obsessed and stalked yeah. and harassed. And, and, but the worst part of it is I don't have a relationship 
with my adult children. So they were 20 and 23 at the time. We were very close. I was a Girl Scout leader. I was the parent that drove them to their activities. I was the parent that sang them their bed, bedtime songs. And and yeah. I'm the parent who bought their Bibles and, mm. and read with them. Well, um, we'll get into we that. Very close. But yes, parental alienation kind of set in right away. So it was devastating. The abuse continues. But you know what? I'm filled with love and light and goodness. And the dragonfly experience. Take that, that high had. road. Exactly. Take that high road. Don't don't that's ever take the low road. No, and the dragonflies, though, I, I really want to dive into that because that's that's amazing sure. to me. So you you it, had it these dragonflies circling around you and you knew that these dragonflies were people. Well, and and it was in slow that motion. I, knew they were people. I didn't know that they were specific people. Okay, just I people in general. They, right. I thought maybe they could be ancestors of mine or of the neighborhood or whatever, but I felt that God was God was every single dragonfly and that and that Felt I was that. just surrounded. So that was just one of many, many experiences that were really otherworldly. Like this is the big of, one though. This is the big the one. one. That was the, the so one of the kickers. Let's and, explore and actually, actually three quarters of the way through, you know, I started to kind of come out of this kind of you know, trance state. And I knew to pull out my my cell phone and I videotaped a hundred dragonflies circling me. Mm -hmm. And then I went on to research about this and, and realized that other people have had some dragonfly experiences. I'm not alone. No, I've had that with, with uh, butterflies before. Um, but I, wow. I didn't think there were people. I mean, that's just, I thought I was in the way and there's circulations of air. Have you thought of another, you know, explanation for it? I mean, could you, could there be another explanation for it other than it it, it being God? No. There's no way it could be a natural explanation for that. No, no. Why is that? Because I had a knowing. I had uh -huh. a knowing that just engulfed me. But and it was I a feeling. Had, it's a feeling, but it's a knowing. It's deeper than just a feeling. Okay. It's like down to the core of who I am. And is I've there, had uh -huh. many other experiences where that same feeling has has happened and I equate it with God. Has there been any experience of this knowing um, that hasn't been equated to God in your life? No, no, not that I can recall, because honestly, the the experiences that I've had that I would put into these spiritual encounters and, and I've looked into them, they're STE, spiritually transformative experiences. They they come with some similar ways that they're presented to me. Nature I, often does things that will be, you know, replicated throughout. So, I mean, that's not 100% nature, a natural explanation of it, right? No, I just don't think so. I no. just don't think so. And that, and, and that was an experience with dragonflies. There's mm -hmm. other experiences with people. There's other experiences with license plates and billboards and pennies and feathers and you know, a lot of well, other Okay, time. okay. <laughs> I don't know where else we're going with that one. That's <laughs> so uh, all <laughs> um thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um 
um let's ba- let's back up a little bit here so dragonflies those are all convincing to you um how did you know well let's just dive into which god are you thinking is interacting with you through through these things is it the god of the bible sorry about that loud noise that is jets flying over my house oh no that's okay <laughs> so um, is I... it the god of the bible or is it is it someone else that's a really good question that I've never thought of. Hmm. So I don't know. There was one time, one experience that I felt Jesus. Okay. Well, that's a that's a very specific person to feel. Yes. How did you know but, it was but the Jesus? Other experiences when I felt it was God, I don't think it was a specific God. I don't okay. think I dissected it to to you know. I mean, in in my belief, there's one God. There's not a God of this, a God of that, a God of that. <laughs> Even though I know a lot of other religions have various different gods for different. Oh yeah, there, there's a God for everything. At some yeah, point, I mean, right, yeah, my right. kid just made it the God of a backpack last week. So I mean, now right. we got one of those. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I've spent some time in India. I've spent some time hmm. in Thailand, ah. and in both, and in Jerusalem, and in both of those place all three of those places um there seems to be a variety of different people or situations or deities that are worshipped but i never looked at it that way gotcha so it's just a god in general yeah okay so this jesus one though that's pretty specific yes it was yeah so how did we feel it was jesus okay well you know, it's a, it's a long story, and to, to make the long story short, <laughs> thank you. at the garage sale, there was a woman that I interacted with. She wanted a bike. Uh-huh. She didn't have the money. She was going to go to the ATM to get some money, mm-hmm. but she never left my property. She stopped at my mailbox at the end of the driveway, and there wasn't anyone else at the garage sale. It was empty, you know? I mean, it was just me. Mm-hmm. And I saw this woman levitate off of the ground. Marnie. And I really did. <laughs> well, <laughs> I did. You're, I did. Now you're seeing flying people. I did. And I, I remember thinking to myself, do I have a boulder that she's standing on? Is there a crate, hmm. a box that she's standing on? I remember Is it David those- Blaine? I mean. hey, right. <laughs> I, I, looked at, I looked at, I mean, I remember asking myself those questions. I do remember not, not making any effort to walk over to her to say what's going on, you uh-huh. know, or to talk with her. But the reason why I equate her with Jesus is within a second, there were 12 individuals around her that were I mean, I didn't have anyone at the garage sale. There were 12 people around her all looking up and intently listening to whatever she was saying. And and again, I didn't think to walk over there and say, what's going on? I was just in the same kind of situation I've always been in, in these kind of how it presents to me Uh is I'm kind of. I don't know, stuck in my body. I'm just can't, I don't move. I don't, I don't question. I don't ask. I, 
I just observe, I take uh -huh. it in. And, and then within a short while, I mean, I don't know how long because everything is very slow motion. When I experienced these, uh -huh. they were all gone. Even the woman was gone. The woman then came back and, and wanted to buy the bike or whatever. Uh-huh. And, and did, but I really don't remember her leaving or taking the bike or anything. I know the bike was gone. What Was this in Chicago? Just out of curiosity. That was Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it, it, it's in Fox River Grove, Illinois, a, a northwest suburb of Chicago. Beautiful little neighborhood. Was it, was it hot outside? It was not that hot outside. And I was <laughs> only drinking lemonade. Okay. <laughs> I'll just say, so Marnie, from my point of view, this is, it's a little odd. It's a little odd. So, I mean, it's, it's is it, from my point of view too, I, I understand. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. If I saw that, I'd probably, yeah. So have you it's thought, serious. have you looked into, maybe it was a hallucination of some sort. Maybe there, there was some other explanation for this other than that woman that floated was Jesus. I am someone who has never done recreational drugs, or <laughs> prescription drugs. Right. Well, I mean, uh, you were stressed out. It was a stressful situation. You're, you're, all these things going on. Yeah, when you're outside. Was, although oh. I wasn't completely stressed. And actually most of the day, you know, I'm in the garage. You know, we had a very large three-car garage. I was in the garage in the shade. It wasn't like I was overheated. I actually... Even during that garage sale, I wasn't like all stressed out or anything. Yeah, just it's very weird, Marnie. I mean, like, how do you weird. like? I mean, I don't know. How would you take it? How if I to told you that story? How would you? I take would that? say that if I didn't experience it myself, I would not believe you at all. Because it's a I, tough one. I would not have believed all sorts of things, like even this this uh, license plate situation that I had, like another one of these experiences, or I had another experience that involved electronics. I wouldn't have believed any of this oh. if I didn't experience it myself, honestly. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, like and I said, okay. me, it prompted me to really research spiritual experiences, even near-death experience, when, when you hear thousands of accounts that have been very well documented. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. Well, now we're getting a whole new thing. Whole new thing. Yeah. That that is completely been debunked about a hundred times over. Um, but that we we researched that hundred percent. I don't look believe it up. so. I don't believe so. If you've know, ever heard Dr. Eben Alexander, who's a Harvard neurosurgeon, and his Ooh. experiences, yeah. too many people around the whole world have come back to to. Uh, to say so many similar accounts. Do you believe and in aliens? I do. Alien actually. abduction? I don't know about abduction. There's but so I many similar aliens. stories, though. There's so many similar stories, and they all there match are. up. I do, I do believe that in aliens. That doesn't make it real, though, right? I, I actually own the whole series of ancient aliens, and I'm oh, fascinated no. by that. <laughs> um, aliens. And then... And then Actually, it, it appears, I mean, who knows what to believe nowadays anyway with anything that you hear mm, uh, that's one, yeah. on that tube. Um, but it, it appears that, you know, there there is some credibility to to the whole alien thing. But I will tell you, I, I'm not someone who needs to state my situation and force my views or no. try. Yeah. And, oh, no, I'm just, just yeah. hear me out. Just yeah. hear me out for a minute. 
I, I had my experience. I believe what I experienced. Um, I believe in, in other things that I have experienced with manifesting. There have been other times where there, there is another person with me witnessing the exact same thing and saying, yeah, I saw what you saw. I wanted to write my book, God Came to My Garage Sale, to, to, to acknowledge what I experienced and to encourage people to pay attention to signs and synchronicities in the mm. world. I'm not out to, well, this is, this is, this exact. I mean, I think that I'm a questioning person. Yes, question a, it. 100% Marty. And I'm a lifelong yeah. learner. And so I'm on a journey on this earth. And, and, but I do believe that through trauma and some tough situations, whether it's death in a near-death experience or whether in my case, you just kind of lost your, your world as you knew it, mm -hmm. you know, and people have all sorts of challenges in their lives with their health, with, you know, the loss of loved ones, losing their job, whatever, yeah. it, different for different people, but trauma can induce different things to happen. Stress. And yes. 100%. Stress, yeah. Stress can induce that and hallucinations even. And I believe that stress induced my spiritual experiences. I will differ from your opinion and I respect your opinion and that's fine. And I yours. That you're saying that the near-death experiences have all been debunked. I totally disagree with they that. Have. They have. And we can disagree on that, but the facts, yeah. let's everybody look it up on Google and and, and research, not just Google. I don't Google. Google is go, not. Go, Google, duck, duck, go or Google whatever and it is. Wikipedia and, you know, all I don't know. Stuff. They can say whatever they want to say, but I will tell you, we will disagree. Yeah. We will agree to disagree. Studies. Look at the studies. There you go. Look at the studies I, I that have been studies. done. Yeah. yeah, I look at the studies and that's why I believe differently than you on that. Gotcha. Felt Jesus. We're done. We, we accomplished that. Thank you so much. Next topic. The last one here for, I just kind of want to touch on this one. You did mention that you, you wanted your kids to read the Bible. Yes, I did. Now. As someone who's read the Bible, I know you've read it. Did you just let no? Oh, oh no! You didn't I, let you didn't read it. I don't think I have fully read, read the Bible. I read the Bible in sections. Oh, I no, read Marty. it. Yeah, I don't think that I can say I've read the Bible from you know cover to cover. Gotcha. Front to back. No, that's good. Let me tell you why it's not a good thing though to let your kids just pick up the Bible and read it. No, 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 no. They were, I, they didn't. No, no. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't explain myself. You know, there's some, I was so excited to get my kids and I can't even think of it right now. I'm sure it's packed away in a hope chest, which has probably been discarded by their, their other parent, oh. but I saved, uh, you know, a children's there, there was one for boys, one for girls, a, a, a Bible that would, it wasn't a complete Bible. It was where they would have a verse and then they have kind of like a, a an earthly life lesson. And that would prompt a, a nice discussion. But I'm talking my kids were very little when when I did that. Gotcha. I, yeah. OK. Well, even that there could be issues. I don't know what was in there, but I mean, there's lots of issues with the Bible. But and definitely free roam children reading the Bible is a bad thing. As far as I'm oh, concerned. I yeah. yeah, I don't think that they would. I think they had a hard enough time just free roaming, reading, you know, 
well, back in my day, it was Dick and Jane, but you know, <laughs> C-spot really, run. C-spot run. I mean, I'm dating myself, you know. Riveting. Um, but you know, uh, no, no, I, I think it's it's challenging enough for me. Hmm. You know, like that's one of the reasons I became a lector because I wanted to read the Bible and understand it more. Hmm. And we were provided not only with the reading that we would read in a service. But we got some background information and we got another interpretation. There oh, were various fun. interpretations, but but that it was interesting for me to try to learn a little bit more about it because I think even me just reading the Bible, I, I don't know that I would totally get everything. Yeah, no, I don't think anybody does. And I think that's why you have so many different variations and flavors of Christianity and all the other stuff. So 100%. Thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate you sharing your story, putting up with my shenanigans. Why don't you tell the folks at home where we can find your stuff? Well, you know, and thank you for having me. I actually, I don't mind this kind of dialogue. I think awesome it's sauce. good to have these kind of conversations. Mm. Because like I said, I, I wouldn't believe a lot of things unless I experienced it myself. Mm. But anyway, my books, um, I have a five book series called True Deceit, False Love dealing in a creative way with family trauma stuff and my spiritual fiction, God Came to My Garage Sale, can all be found on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. My uh, publisher is Balboa Press, which is mm. a division of Hay House. And I'm not on social media or anything like that, but I have a website, which is the title of the spiritual fiction, www.GodCameToMyGarageSale.com. If you want to learn more about me and, and hear some other podcasts, Hmm. Um, you know, of varying topics and um, check out, you know, what I've been up to. Awesome. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you for your time and plugging all your stuff. We'll talk to you later. Keep in touch. All right. Thank you. And that's all the show there is for you today. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard and want to help keep the recording light on, simply go to patreon.com forward slash BSW the podcast and sign up to be a supporter of the show. Your episodic tithes of a dollar or more will give you access to the patron feed, unaired conversations, early access to each episode, and much more. For the latest events, BSW swag, and a peek behind the scenes, head on over to the show's ever-evolving webpage at thebiblesayswhat.com. The Bible Says What the book is out. Head on over to thebiblesayswhat.com and get yourself and your grandma a signed copy. Thanks to the cosmic powers of the internet, it is now possible to buy me a beer or coffee online. Simply go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash BSW the podcast and click the appropriate buttons. If you can't support the show monetarily, please like, share, and or leave a review. As always, you can find me at the Bible Says What Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Instagram pages. You can also reach me at bswthepodcast at gmail.com. And no matter which platform you use to listen to your podcasts, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you won't miss out on the next episode. Until then, would you kindly pick up your Bibles and read them?
more time with Feely. <sighs> I gotta pee. From in the beginning to the musical apocalypse, the apocalypse. There's a B in there now. <laughs>